Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto today on December the 20th. Appreciate your patronage. Well, if you live in a condominium or an apartment building in the city of Toronto, you outnumber those living in single dwelling houses. So you're in the majority here. I want to know how what happened Sunday night, this horrific shooting at a Vaughn condominium with all this tension and legal action and arguing and fighting and, and all these problems, how they land for you. It's probably nothing we'll ever see again, hopefully in our lifetime, but it has happened in the last three days. And whether or not if you're a condo board member or you just moved into one or you've lived in one a long time, maybe it's a place you're hoping to avoid. Maybe you don't like the idea that you're sharing so much common space with so many people different than you. And this is a scenario where even the smallest of tension issues you could get caught in the crossfire of. And I don't mean what happened Sunday. I just mean anything that heightens the tension and heightens the potential for problems or conflict in these buildings. We all have had issues with neighbors. We've all probably been a good neighbor in one moment and a bad neighbor in another. But this took it to a great extreme on Sunday night. So I want you to listen to the conversation we started to have about it on Toronto Today. I lived with a girlfriend for two years. You know, you try and see what's going on, make something work in your early 20s. You are saving money, too. And I could lay down on a couch. It's not it's not a traumatic thing to talk about. Um, I'm not sure it was ever we were never on the edge of marriage. I was 23. We were not never on the edge of talking about a life together or kids, but it didn't end up working out. But the first year we lived together, we were in, um, in essence, an apartment complex on the seventh floor. And I didn't enjoy it very much. I didn't. I wanted to be in a house. I wanted a yard. I wanted to go back and have uh, roommates again. It was the walls felt a little closed in. We were definitely in. It was almost all exclusively students uh, to go, that went to Western or as exclusively older people. And apologies, but I would consider anybody older over 65 at that point in time. So you kind of clash a little bit. You want to have a New Year's Eve party with 10 people over. You're going to hear about it. Like, I remember hosting a New Year's Eve party, 90, end of 94, going into 95, and thinking, we've already created a tension scenario with the neighbor below us. What's she going to say about 10 people staying up till 1 in the morning? It's freaking New Year's Eve. It's the one morning maybe you're allowed to do it. But we thought about it. This is probably a nice old lady who just wanted to go to bed at 10 o'clock every night and didn't have any problem weighing into the downstairs building manager and saying, that young couple above me, they're making noise again. And usually, by the way, not that kind of noise, but the noise of dropping furniture, playing music, uh, laughing at a sitcom or laughing at a movie. So um, I don't know what what the mindset is of somebody who's done this for 10 straight years or done it for eight straight years and longs to be not in an apartment, longs to be not in a condominium, condominium. Those scenarios are pretty lucrative, but I know there's a lot of red tape involved, a lot of red tape involved and regulation that you, you, you know, if the rules are, are dictated by the loud minority, loud minorities dictated a lot, by the way, the last few years, okay, uh, in how we live our lives, uh, you could make the case that these high rise apartment buildings are a recipe for tension. They're a recipe for conflict. They're a recipe for confrontation. Not like this. Not like that Sunday night, but I want to get your feel for it. Steve, thanks very much for the phone call. You kick us off on Toronto today. You told uh, our producer, Vince, you're actually on a board for uh, the condominium where you live. 
Correct. Yeah, I am on the board, and one of our board members actually sent the email out yesterday just notifying everyone of this. Mm-hmm. Um, over the pandemic, we've been on Zoom meetings, of course not in person, and we've just agreed to do in-person meetings, and I'm not sure whether they're going to want to go back to Zoom meetings. I do this, think this is kind of a one-off. I imagine yes. this guy had some sort of mental illness uh, to, to, to add to that frustration that he has going on. Um, condo boards only have so much money to spend every year, and it, it's a it's a thankless job. Let's put it that way. And and I I think there's a lot of thankless sort of volunteer jobs out there. I wonder why why you do it. Is it because you're like, well, I'm worried about who else would do it? A lot of the times when people put their time in, whether it's you know managing a youth sports team or volunteering somewhere else, they say um, I'm I'm probably a better candidate to do it. I'd be worried about the alternative. Why do you do it? Well, I've been, uh, I've got two units in the building and I've been one of those frustrated owners for about seven years with stuff not getting done, even Mm -hmm. just little stuff. So I've stepped up to the plate in the past year or two to get some of this stuff done that needs to be taken care of. Um, It is frustrating. It's it's a rather new building, so there's still warranties going on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if we spend the money, we might not get it back. So sometimes it is the waiting game with this stuff. You're right about the one-off nature of it. When you saw the story, um, do you say, like, it's a pretty toxic combination, right? There's some form of, uh, again, I I don't think it's a problem to say uh, derangement, um, combination combined with a weapon, combined with tension, combined with money, combined with a legal battle. Um, It's quite a toxic cocktail, but you probably do see disputes about noise, pets, personal space, arguments, like, wh- like, what do you spot when there's conflicts? Uh, I mean, there, there's always going to be conflicts within the building. No, you're never going to make everybody happy. It's just a matter of choosing what's the most important stuff that is feasible for that condominium corporation. Cause not every condo, mm-hmm. you know, everything we spend money on, can it, can raise your, um, your maintenance fees, every yeah. month, you know, depending on how much you spend. So you've got to be very selective with the stuff you do every year. And some stuff has to wait an extra year or two if it's not urgent, emergency status, right? Just mm-hmm. so that the books can stay afloat and that the maintenance fees aren't getting uh, extensive raises. Hey, Steve, I appreciate you weighing in, uh, doing what you do. And thanks for listening to the show. Have a great holiday. Thank you. You're doing great. Merry Christmas. I appreciate that, too. 44% of Torontonians live in apartments. live in single detached houses. That was from the 2016 census. You do realize um, that we're uh, aging as a population. We got more seniors now than children. Where do you think they're more likely to live? A single detached house or an apartment? It's got nothing to do with the divorce rate or people getting widowed and whatnot, but many times, I know that happened. My mom's mom lost her husband in a car accident when he was 68 in 1980. She was in an apartment building. Um, within six months. Uh, so a lot of times, you don't, you know, you, you raise a home with somebody and raise kids in a home, no matter what happens, death, divorce, whatever, usually neither person's living in that home at the end of the day, and, and the cycle continues again. But that's where people move into apartment buildings and condominiums. And, of course, there are investments for people also. Pete, you've been waiting a while. I want to get to you. Thanks so much for the phone call and for listening. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, Greg. I think the safety is a lot less about the type of building that you live in and more about where you live, to be honest. I feel a lot safer living in an apartment building in the St. Lawrence Market area than in uh, semi-detached in the uh, at like Parliament and Girard. 
Um, obviously, there's always that element of randomness that comes with living mm. in a big city. I don't think anyone probably saw this coming with this no. with this guy. But it's just one of those things. Like it's a it's a risk of living in a big city, and you can't go through life scared. Um, pray it never happens again. But I, I just think it was. Something that you can't really think about and be scared about every day. I, I absolutely agree from the violence perspective. And you make a great point. Um, your your assets are probably protected. There's less likelihood of a break-in. Your car is probably in a safer spot in a in a condominium underground parking lot or even a lot that's patrolled by a security guard. I, I, I just wonder about the, you know, the tension that can can sort of build uh, that you hope dissipates at some point in time because a lot of people in the same place coming and going – you're, there's going to be conflict. There's bound to be conflict in, in th- that. That's of a mild variety. I'll put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's always tension. Sometimes someone's having a bad day and you know, something yeah. goes kind of sideways. I think there's two things, direct communication. If you have a problem, say something. And uh, the golden rule, just treat others as, as you'd like to be treated. If you acted like uh, a bit of a wiener the day before, go up and apologize the next day. You know what I mean? It's, it's about just trying to maintain long-term relationships. That's it. No, you, you nailed it. What a, what a great way to put it. And I, I told the story top of the hour how the futon fell the night we moved in. The night myself and my uh, ex-girlfriend moved in in 1994. So I'm 22 turning 23. Um, and, and the futon crashed to the floor. It was leaned up against the wall. Uh, and and it dropped. So it made a huge sound. Empty apartment building, too, really. We hadn't put anything on the walls yet, so it echoed. And we got called to the office the next morning, and loud noise in your apartment building. Like, you just moved in. What's happening? Like, are you you know, are you know playing tackle football up there? What's And I said the futon fell. But in, in reality, now that I know who I am, and you're forming who you are in your early 20s, I'd have probably knocked on the woman's door and said, really, really sorry about the noise. And she might have slammed the door in my face, but at least I would have had a sense. At least I would have had some knowledge about that particular situation. Uh, I think we've got Allah here. Is it Allah? Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, it's Allah. Allah. Thanks very much for the phone call. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've lived in a condo with my uh, parents growing up, and uh, there have been a lot of uh, issues here and there. Um, not quite often, but uh, from what I know, there's a board of directors and you can complain to them all you want, but because they're on a voluntary basis, um, there's always issues of them trying to get voted in every year. And so they might not listen to your problems and maybe listen to other uh, neighbors' issues. And, and if they like you better, they might listen to your issues. Better. So there's, there's a lot of politics that happens there that people don't realize sometimes. Um, and so it does skew the issues whether you, they get solved or not. And, and we, for a couple of years, we had problems with cockroaches and, and nothing oh. happened. And, and so we had to actually get out of the, the, the apartment for a couple of days so that they could do what they have to do there. And, and you know, it's, it's frustrating. But um, and, and I'm sure I'm sure money talks. I'm sure seniority talks, money talks. And, and when there's when there's a dispute between two tenants, they may say, well, somebody's got to go who would we rather keep and i don't doubt that that that's those are the decisions condo boards make at a certain point in time yeah th- those are th- those are real and and, and it happens and luckily th- uh, more recently they've gotten rid of the older uh board of directors who are trying to get votes every year by by lying to tenants sometimes because there's a lot of older tenants there yeah and they'll throw in some stuff saying that oh we're offering this this year and that's why the maintenance is going up and uh you know you'll have a better time but uh, in reality nothing really changes and and the older tenants that they don't yeah speak up for themselves you know i I bet and listen there's a lot of layers to this okay there is a mental health perspective there is a 
uh, there is a gun perspective. There's a lot of people commenting on this particular situation, uh, talking about whether the gun is is legal or illegal. But the majority, you can imagine, an international story and people are saying, Canada, I was told this never happens in Canada. It is happening more often. It, this is not an everyday occurrence in the United States or the UK, but they're weighing in on what they deem is a very safe city that seems a little safe to them because of this happening. Put it that way. David, I got about a minute here. I want to get you on, though. Go right ahead. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, the circumstance is extreme to put it on the, yeah. you know, put it out there. And I, and I and it's horrible and I feel bad for everyone. But I think when it comes to condo buildings of this size, it definitely goes to show that it needs to be handled professionally. These board of directors, hire, uh, hire, like voting in the most popular person, like we do in our small municipalities, mm-hmm. just is, is a disaster, and it needs to stop. Like I, I have a condo unit of 15 units. That's different. We're small. You know, you don't. And there's there's not much we can we can do money wise, but these big condos, there's a lot of money being played with. Are you are you on the board of the condo? I am. I what, am. So like what? Said, like, what's the what's the biggest tension point that's flared up for you? What's something that you've had to settle or say we got to work this out? If you if you both want to remain living here, what would it be? Uh, gee, everything from pets to we somehow managed to uh, have no smoking, which basically led to no uh, smoking of cannabis. We went through hell with that. Luckily, oh. we lost some younger tenants that we didn't have to, and now we don't have to worry about it. But technically, a few things that we did were probably, if they fought them, we would be in the wrong. But we got away, we've gotten away with it. There's a there's yeah. a million things from dogs to, you know, we have a we have a two dog rule, but it can only be one large dog and one small dog. Like it's hilarious, honestly. Like you lose your mind. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna say things. I want to say I thank you for the phone call. I want to save you a spot in the summer, and we'll just we'll just do an hour on the two dog rule. I want to know more about it. It's the smartest uh, <laughs> and dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Being on this board, <laughs> David. Thank you very much. Thanks for giving back to your community. I appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call as well. 